Vic. You listen to the uh, character concerns NFL draft special. Jay Binkley, Kristen O'Sara, Nick Schwartz joins us. Uh, well, for the entirety of the National Football League draft, but we're going to be spread all around the city tomorrow, inclu- including Cody and Gold at the Boulevard uh, Beer Rec Deck. And joining us right now, Cody Tap from Cody and Gold. All right, Code Man, where exactly are you going to be with Gold, and what are you going to be doing? Well, we'll be at the Boulevard Rec Deck, like you mentioned. So we kind of tucked away into a little corner there, I think, up there, Bink. I'm not exactly sure where, but they promised me some extra TVs. So I can't wait. If you've never seen the Rec Deck, it's an incredible spot. It is an incredible spot. We're going to be all around the city. I can't wait. Cody, you're a lifelong Kansas City guy like Chris and I. Um, We've seen it all. This town is unbelievable. Uh, There's a lot of barbecue tweets tonight with people experiencing barbecue for the first time. I'm not kidding you. I'm going to have to shut Twitter down because it's making me hungry. <laughs> well, so that's why our, our question on the show yesterday was, if you're going to send someone coming into Kansas City to not get barbecue, right? Maybe you're going to be here three days. Of course, you're going to get barbecue if it's your first time in KC. You're going to go to all the different great spots, Bank, but Kansas City's got a lot of other great food. I was sending people some other places the other day. You don't want to eat barbecue six straight meals, I don't think. I mean, I'm not against it, but. You know, experience some other food Casey has to offer. What's your What's your go to barbecue recommendation spot? Because I was telling people, like, uh, I was telling we had a guy in here from New York earlier, and I was like, if someone tells you Jack Stack first off, that's not a good recommendation. Like, what's the spot that you recommend first? So, God, it's tough because for when you're out of town for something like this, I don't recommend any of the like really well known ones because the lines are going to be crazy or the reservations are going to be crazy late. So I tell people to go places like Harp. Harp is some of the best barbecue in the city. That's go great, there. Man. It's it's not it's not like the first. It's not the one that they're going to show in the aerial shot yet of the city. It's not Gates or Arthur Bryant's or Jack Stack or Joe's, but it is great barbecue. Legitimately great Kansas City barbecue. I really think there's so many places you just can't go wrong with. With this city's electric, Cody. I mean, there's nobody go in the city. I mean, the rental cars I think are sold out from what I've seen. The hotels are that way. I've it, it is unbelievable to think Kansas City's put its best foot forward because, you know, people are saying nice things about the city. This isn't bad anything being written about Kansas City. It's all been positive, which, I mean, heck, I always look for the naysayers from time to time, but I haven't seen any. Sure. No, I think, you know, this is, I, like, it always sounds like hyperbolic because, like, we're in radio or these things. But, I mean, this is the biggest event Kansas City's ever hosted. Yeah. Like, I mean, at least in my lifetime, I guess I don't want to speak for like the 1910s or 20s if there was something I didn't know about <laughs> that took place. But I mean, this is a this is a stage that nationally will be seen and to a point internationally. And it's kind of like the precursor before like internationally. It's like the World Cup is here uh, in what, four years or three years. So now, Bink, it's it's kind of great. It's kind of great to get the love. And I think this is the whole thing. Like Clark Hunt plays a lot of the games with the league as in. He plays games. He will go to these international games. He will tow the company line. He works really hard for these things so that Kansas City can get these events. And when they do, it's important that we look good as a city. So I can't wait. I mean, I think I saw – I'm assuming you guys saw the same thing. The reports are that they might be at capacity tomorrow, which means, like, yeah. they're going to put 300,000 people up there at Union Station. They go one in, one out if they get full. Well, you had to know with Kansas City, they always succeed – you know, crowd expectations. It's kind of what the city's known yeah. for. You put some out there and they're going to double it. Yeah, which means if you're going to be too busy down there, we'll be at the Boulevard Rec Deck and everybody will be all over the city, as we've mentioned. So 
there's other great spots, but man, God, I can't wait. I can't wait for that aerial shot. Looking over Liberty Memorial with the, you know, the Union Station windows behind with the gigantic NFL stage. Like it really is like, and I don't know, it's one of those things that probably hasn't hit me yet, but once you're watching the NFL draft broadcast tomorrow and you see Kansas City put on that display, it's going to be cool. It is the one thing too, Cody, that's, I mean, it's not talked about as much. Everybody's talking about the airport, the influx of people coming to town, but just wait. Wait until, like, Omaha drives down here or Wichita drives up here tomorrow or St. Louis drives over here. I mean, we're talking regionally. Or Oklahoma City drives up here. A lot of them probably not here yet until tomorrow, but wait until that influx comes. I have to assume, and I always think people look at, like, fair weather stuff as being bad, but it just means more fans for your team, which is good. But I have to imagine that whatever the number of Chiefs fans that existed five years ago, Bank, have increased. Oh, yeah. Because you think so? Patrick Mahomes exists. And they've won two Super Bowls. And so regionally, for all those cities that you mentioned, maybe there was a guy in Oklahoma City whose dad grew up a Cowboys fan and just kind of seemed destined for it when he was 14 years old. Maybe he'd always be a Cowboys fan. And then Patrick Mahomes existed. Like, I don't envy anybody who lives in this city who grew up a fan of a different – like my brother, for instance. I know this is always like sacrilege, but my brother from, like, birth was a Denver Broncos fan. My dad was, too. Everyone else in the family cheered for other teams, including obviously the Chiefs. But it was like he grew up a Broncos fan when he was a little kid, and he got one of the seven of us to cheer for the Broncos, and that was my brother, Stefan. So he grew up his entire life a Broncos fan. My dad grew up a Broncos fan, and his kid is a Chiefs fan, loves Patrick Mahomes. He tried. There's pictures of him as a baby in Broncos gear. It didn't take, man, because he's six years old and Patrick Mahomes exists. That's all it takes, Mink. That's hey. all it takes. It's us talk to Cody and Cody Taff from Cody and Gold uh, ten to two every day right here. It's going to be the Boulevard Rec Deck tomorrow with Dallas Gold. If you're looking for a place to be, which I think a lot of people, I yeah. you know, the one thing I'm curious about, Cody, is like if you don't make it down there and you're not with the crowd, maybe you do one day, but you're not going to go all three days. You just want one day, which is fine. I wonder how many of the sports bars, you know, we talk about the Kansas City fans that, you know, the influx to them to the sports bars to watch the game on TV. I'm kind of curious because you got to think millions of dollars are going to the barbecue restaurants and everything else. I wonder how many people congregate in sports bars just to watch maybe the third round. Say, hey, Saturday, I'm going to a sports bar just to watch this thing. That's uh, the thing to do with the collective. Think you see what people do when things aren't in Kansas City. Yeah. You see those shots of the World Cup at Power and Light. You see, you know, Kansas City is regularly, I mean, regularly one of those live shots full of bars. So I, I expect all of Kansas City to be busy because, look, 300,000 people will be down there. Some of them will be from out of town. 100%. Some of them will be from here. But there will be a lot of other people in Kansas City who want to be a part of the draft is in Kansas City and the buzz that will end up in bars across the city. All different parts of the city. I don't think it's really limited to just the downtown area or where we're going to be at the Boulevard Rec Deck. I think everybody will be kind of everywhere. No, they will. I mean, they just spread out. I, I live in the Northland. I know how busy that's been with everybody coming in to the town. Heck, here at Odyssey, we have people coming in, you know, from New York doing their show and, and everything else. But, Cody, as we sit here on the – well, it's less than 24 hours. It's 23 hours oh, now. Oh, man, official. Until the NFL draft gets kicked off. Where would you like to see them go? Man, all right, trade up or maybe trade back. We'll say Hinton Hooker's out there. Chris Collinsworth's favorite guy to the Chiefs. Let's we'll say that the, someone says, hey, we want five years of control. Will you move back to 34, 35 Kansas City? That could happen. Or do you stay put? And which position group are you taking? So I think 31 might be the worst spot to be for the Chiefs. 
Like, I, I just think if you're at 31, the depth of the positions you like, offensive tackle and defensive line warrant trading back. I think there's a reason, and I think that's the big reason why there's all these rumors about the Chiefs trading up. Why Nate Taylor on our show today said they're certain that they're going to do it. Or, you know, Albert Breer's piece from today, which again mentioned trading yeah. up and a couple of other players, including Zay Flowers. I want a defensive lineman. I, I know it's, it's like it's not the, the most fun version of the story because I'm not limited to just defensive end. I'd be interested in defensive tackle. But it's like the one position on the team where I don't think you have a solid option as a starter. Look, offensive tackle, Lucas Niang, I, I don't know. Like People think I'm crazy when I point this out. Lucas Niang was the starter. He was in training yep. camp. He was the starter over Andrew Wiley. He got hurt. Wiley got the job and did a nice job. But the team had told you that they were going to put Niang first. They wanted Wiley as a swing guy, an option guy. The injuries kind of forced their hand. And the people were like, well, I mean, is Niang even going to be on the field this year? Is that really a solid answer? You know, over the last this is this this stat I think surprises people too. Big. Do you know over the last three years that Lucas Niang has played in as many NFL games as Kadarius Tony has? Yeah, that's, so that's insane. If you're banking on Tony staying healthy, you might as well count on Niang. Hundred percent. So you're playing GM here, and you've got control of the Chiefs draft board and everything. You can trade up, you can trade down. What are you doing if you're in the position of Brett Veach? I think I'd trade up. I kind of like the strategy that they're going with now because I know we said it last year. I think it's just more true now. I don't think you need 10 picks. And so in the first round, I feel like there's going to be one of those tackles or defensive ends that won't be to them at 31 that justifies the move to 23 or 24. And if you look at the draft trade chart, you can get it for a third. And I just I, I like the notion that is taking that pick at 31, moving up, and making sure that you get the guy. I would still go defensive lineman. Like, I'd be interested in guys like Miles Murphy or, for some reason, Lucas Van Ness slipped. Like, I know he's projected to go, like, 15 or 16, but what if he doesn't? What if it's 21 and he's still there? So, for me, it's it's those kinds of players that I would go up for. But I would move up for an offensive tackle if it were the right guy, if it were the guy they were dead set on. Um but, yeah, I, I like the idea. I think I kind of agree with some of the rumors. I think trading up makes a lot of sense. So who's the guy that you would take in that position? You trade up. Who's the one guy you're looking at? It's like, okay, this is this is my guy right here. Well, you have mentioned Miles Murphy. You do like him. Yeah. yeah I he like might not Miles be Murphy. there, though. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, if he's there at 22, him. Him, Miles Murphy. He's okay. a perfect fit. And he could he be looks there. like a Steve Spagnuolo defensive end. I'm not going to lie. I would also do Dalton Kincaid. Mitchell Schwartz okay. made a great point at the event last night, and here's why. If you get it right in Dalton Kincaid, he's an 800-yard receiver uh, over the next couple of years, like just on average, right? That's a, that's a really good NFL tight end. If he turns into a 700-yard or receiver, he costs half as much as a wide receiver. And if you're the Chiefs, and look, you're not trying to draft just a 700 or 800-yard wide receiver. I understand that. But if, if, let's say, that's what happens. You get an 800-yard receiver in Zay Flowers or an 800-yard receiver in Dalton Kincaid, it's far more cost-effective, especially for a team that's always going to be tight against the cap, to have tight end. 800-yard tight ends cost $8 million a year, $9 million a year. 800-yard 800, wide receivers cost 15. It's like the, the, the cost control is interesting to me. And, look, I think Travis Kelsey is never going to age, but uh, I also am open to the idea that two tight ends in this offense can be fantastic. Cody, last question for you. Cody, we're talking to Cody Tavern, Cody Gold. One, one last question for you. When you look at these quarterbacks, and we'll say take the top five. We want to mention the top five. How many of them will be bust? In your opinion, the top five quarterbacks taken, 
And there's only been three drafts where the quarterbacks have gone one, two, yeah. and three. But if the top five quarterbacks selected tomorrow night or the night after, if five is taken on Friday night, how many of them are bust? So I think you're really lucky if one's very good, okay. right? Like you think of him as a top 10 quarterback. I think odds are two will be good, like NFL starters. One will be below average, as in gets to be an NFL starter for a while, but eventually isn't, and two will stink. Think, I mean, that's just the number. No, it is. All five aren't going to be good. Right. I think Will Levis and Hendon Hooker are going to stink. I think C.J. Stroud is going to be below average, and I think Bryce Young and Anthony T. Richardson will be good NFL quarterbacks. Will any quarterback selected this weekend in Kansas City ever win a Super Bowl? Oh, man. Oh, i got to think about the franchise they're going to. Too. I don't think um, so. I don't think so. I think no I quarterback selected in Kansas City will ever win the Lombardi. Look, I'll tell you this much. They better hope they're going to the NFC if they want a chance because it doesn't matter how good they are their rookie year. What are they, the ninth best quarterback in the AFC if they're rookie of the year? I mean, it's going to be tough sledding in the AFC side. So if they want to win a Super Bowl, they better try to go through the NFC. Awesome stuff. Cody Tapp will be listening tomorrow, my friend. Can't wait for tomorrow night. We'll check in with you. But uh, draft in Kansas City less than 24 hours away. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Cody. Thank you. All right, I'll I'll throw that same question to you. And I think it's a good question. Out of the top five quarterbacks. No, just take all the quarterbacks. Take Jake Hayner, something that's not going to the first round. Tyler Badgett. Any quarterbacks in this draft in Kansas City ever win a Super Bowl? You get them all. You get them all. No. I'm with you, man. I mean, I don't see it. No. I, this isn't I like. I see playoffs in the future, but do you see a Super Bowl champion quarterback in this draft? No. I just, I think, because the only one I think is going to the NFC is Bryce Young. And I don't. I think Bryce Young is going to be an average NFL starter. I, mean, I they, don't. They couldn't even win one with Cam Newton in his prime. No, I, I think Cam. I think he's an average NFL starter. I mean, maybe if Richardson goes to the right team, maybe in the NFC. If he goes to an NFC team, like if he goes to the Seahawks, I think they got a chance. And I'm not talking about getting a ring as the second quarterback. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm talking about a starter. Winning yeah, quarterback a starter, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. As a starter, yeah, no. I mean, I think Anthony Richardson, if he goes to the Seahawks, has a, has a really strong chance. But since you think about it, like, is any of these quarterbacks, you absolutely see them, you know, talking to the announcers after the game on the stage with it's, the confetti falling and winning tough. the trophy. The tough part is the because the AFC is so loaded, as you brought up, if you – our rookie of the year, you, you're probably not even. You're probably barely top ten in the AFC. In those guys, it's it's so crowded in the AFC, and, and I, even if you go in the NFC, you got to play those guys in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you got to play Jalen Hurts. Yep. I mean, you got to. I mean, presumably, if Bryce Young pans out, you got to go through him. I mean, there's a lot of competition right now. There's a lot of really good quarterbacks, especially in the AFC. There's great quarterbacks that'll never win one. Right, I mean, right, maybe, right. It, maybe it's Burrow, maybe it's Josh Allen, maybe it's Justin Herbert. One of the great quarterbacks never going to win one either. It's yeah, going to be like oh, Marino. Yeah, yeah there's going to be a few Marinos, I think, from this from the current crop of quarterbacks right now. There's going to be a few, and it's it's just because you played in the era that Michael Jordan played in. There was a lot of great players when Michael Jordan played. You know, there was there was Gary Payton, there was uh, Charles Barkley, um, so many great players, Carl Malone and, and Stockton. They they actually were victims of Jordan a couple times. There were a lot of great players during that era that did not win titles because you were in the era of Jordan. Good stuff. Text line 913-586-7610, the Jay Southland Toast Service text line. 
How many Super Bowls come for this quarterback class? Just text it in. I'm, I'm curious what you guys think. But coming up next, we'll start going into our mock drafts, final mock drafts of the season for character concerns next. You're listening to a 610 Sports Radio NFL Draft Special with Nick, Bank, and Chris. Check out the Character Concerns podcast leading up to the NFL Draft at Union Station. Available at 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Character Concerns NFL Draft Special. We get you covered every single night of the draft. Jay Binkley, Chris Nocero, Nick Schwartz. In with us tomorrow as we check in basically with everybody at 610 Sports Radio. Text line chiming in. Uh, they don't like the quarterbacks either. I guess they feel they're already in the clubhouse with that lead. Big lead with Patrick Mahomes, right? You don't need to worry about quarterbacks at this point. For the 417, none. Uh, for the 816, over under 1.5. I'm taking the under on this quarterback class winning Super Bowls. Interesting number there. I would take the under. I already told you, I don't think they're win. 1.5, an easy win. And also our guy, Reggie in Anaheim. Let's give a shout-out to Reggie in Anaheim, who came to Kansas City's great caller uh, here at the, on the postgame show, came all the way from Anaheim to Kansas City. So looking forward to uh, seeing some Reggie in Anaheim. Let's go here to uh, our, our NFL mock drafts, Chris, because basically the way things have been going is um, – We've been doing the mock drafts as a group where we, we go back and forth. One, one we week rotate around, has the first, yeah. second, third. This week we didn't do this. We just did our own, but we still use the mock draft simulator that does change maybe some of our favorites if they were there or not, but certainly a possibility that could happen. Yeah, I th- this was a really interesting one because we all kind of went our own way. We didn't rotate around, and we – it was very much an exercise in us trying to find as much value as we could in, in the draft and getting our guys. And we had, there was a lot of overlap in certain spots, but I actually thought we had some good ideas there as far as where we were going to go. So who did you go with your first pick, Chris? So uh, first pick, I went with Felix on DK Uzama, uh, edge rusher out of Kansas state. I think he's a perfect fit. I think he's great value at 31. They could probably trade back. Uh, into the early second round, maybe probably 36, 37 at the, at the lowest and still get him. Um, he fits in with what they like. He's a, he's a hometown kid. Um, and you're getting a guy that has good motor. He is a power rusher. He could put on a little weight if he needs to, but he's good size. And I, I just, I think that for what they're looking for at that spot, if you can get seven to nine sacks out of him per year, that's really good value there. All right, question. Was, was Did you go edge because your receiver wasn't there? Offense. I will say this about Felix. I like Felix, too. But, again, against Alabama, he had one tackle. He had good competition, one tackle. But that's where you go. Yeah, is it, is it, did you again, go him because your wide receiver was Again, Will there? Anderson had a bad game against uh, against uh, against Tennessee. So, I don't. to me, that doesn't matter. Uh, I didn't go there because my guy wasn't there because I could have drafted Jalen Hyatt. Uh, I could have, I, I couldn't have drafted Zay Flowers, but he, I wasn't really looking for him there. The reason why I, I went with him is just because, like, last week, Brett Veach does his pre-draft presser, and he basically said, Charles Aminahue is probably a three-tech on pass rushing downs. It means a defensive tackle. If he's a three-tech, they need an edge rusher. And they could sign a veteran guy to be an edge rusher, but I would much rather you develop your edge rusher of the future and then you could put Omenihue in as a three tech. So this is the reason why I like him. I 
he he kind of gives me some Tom Bahali vibes a little bit, and I like that about him. So I would go here upside, and I think that he could be a good value down the line. I went Anton Harrison, tackle, Oklahoma. You know, my propensity, I love wide receivers in this draft. You do. It's the number one thing I think they would, but the top, the five wide receivers went in my mock draft before it, but I'm taking Anton Harrison, the starting left tackle at Oklahoma. One pressure he gave up in 466 snaps. Chiefs have had good luck with Oklahoma lineman. Orlando Brown was a starter here. Say what you want about Orlando Brown, but he did win a Super Bowl here. Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma on that offensive line. So give me the left tackle, Anton Harrison, who can move over to the right side, or he could be your left tackle of the future. Either way you decide it, I go Anton Harrison. Which Daniel Jeremiah just put his mock out. He had the Chiefs going, um, he had uh, the Chiefs going um, Darnell Wright. The uh, right tackle. Yeah, yeah, right tackle at Tennessee, the one who dominated Will Anderson Jr. that Tennessee game. Um, No, I don't think that they're going to, I, I, and, and Cody brought up a good point when he was on here uh, not too long ago. They really like Luke Niang. And so I don't see them taking a tackle over Kennard. Because I think that'll be a Kennard, nice battle. Yeah, if they and don't I, go tackle, they'll be bad. And here's out. the thing. I want to see Kennard compete for that job. He got, he competed for the job last year. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the fact that they did not have uh, Orlando Brown Jr. early in training camp. But in early in camp, Kennard was starting at right tackle, taking first team reps. Now he struggled. He was not good at that role, but he still has the potential for it. He's got the arm length, the hand size, massive arms and and hands. So the size, he's got the size that they like. And if Kennard wins that battle over Luke, then he should start. But I kind of feel like Niang's their guy. So that's why I don't think that they're going to prioritize that position in the first round. I did not have the Chiefs moving up or back because I felt like the quality of players didn't dictate to move up or back with this draft class. I think one of those tackles will probably fall to where the Chiefs could drive. I think Broderick Jones or, or Anton Harrison, I think one of those two is probably going to fall to 31, and the Chiefs could take them if they really wanted to. All right, two, rounds two and three before we take a break. Let's go rounds two and three for the Chiefs. So uh, two round two, pick 63, I went Marvin Mims, wide receiver at Oklahoma. I think he fits exactly what the Chiefs like at that position. Fishing that five to nine range. Yeah, I think yeah, he's be better than one of the four. Four, three, eight, 40 time. He can go deep. You watch his highlights. He's be, he's just like Jalen Hyatt. Like it's most of his highlights are him just beating the hell out of his his matchup at corner and being so wide open that he can just walk into the end zone. Um, he makes circus catches. Uh, there's a great catch where he made it. He kind of made it was almost a John Baldwin type catch where he made the catch around the defender. Uh, he's 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 a great athlete. And I think he has potential as an outside receiver. If you look at his size, I mean, he could put on a little bit of weight, but he's not that far off from like a Stefan Diggs type of, of size there. So uh, I like what he can do. And I think that he would be a perfect fit for the chiefs in the second round. And then uh, at round three, pick 95, I went with Carl Brooks, defensive end out of Bowling Green. He is not going to be a defensive end. He is going to be a defensive tackle. His arms are a little bit too short to play on the edge. But he played everywhere in the 3-4 system there at Bowling Green. Um, And I think he probably best projects as a 3-tech, could play on the inside, give you some depth, uh, immediately could help you in the run. Eventually, could be a plus pass rusher. Uh, I think getting him on the on the on the sec at the end of the second day would be a nice way to help keep your defensive line depth up and give you a possible prospect to be a good interior rusher. As much as I believe in defense, I stayed the top three picks on the offensive side. Remember last year they go seven of ten picks on defense, fifteen of the last twenty, top four picks 
for the Kansas City Chiefs have gone on the defensive side. It's time to load up that offense. It is the MO of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's what they're known for. It's what they're best at. I'm not letting this receiver pass. It's one of my uh, top five, Jonathan Mingo, the 6'2", 220-pound receiver out of Ole Miss, which I think will be a stretch to be there at 63, and they're going to have to move up. Definitely not going to be there. (laughs) I don't think he's going to be there either, but he was there in my uh, simulator. So Jonathan Mingo got my second-round pick, pick number 63. Pick 95 in round three, so I went tackle in round one. And Harrison Mingo, the wide receiver in the second round. Zach Kuntz, the tight end. Round three, pick 95 out of Old Dominion. Again, I was able to hit two of my five favorites in this, Chris. Yeah, I mean, Mingo's your guy. He's He's been pretty steady there for you. I don't think he's going to be there at 63. I think he probably goes somewhere in the mid-40s. I think a month ago he was there. Two weeks ago he oh, was yeah, there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But he's he has been climbing, and, you know, the comparisons with other Ole Miss receivers probably helps. Um, but, I mean, the Coots pick. It might be where the Chiefs have to have to take him if they really want him. Because I want Tucker Craft, guys like that, wasn't there. Coons and Tucker Craft flip a coin on which one. Yeah, I like Coons a little better just because I think he's a little bit more athletic, but I, I like Tucker Craft too. So you go to those top three rounds. We'll round out the rest of it from four through ten next. You're listening to a 610 Sports Radio NFL Draft Special with Nick Bank and Chris. Check out the Character Concerns podcast leading up to the NFL Draft at Union Station. Available at 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to the Character Concerns NFL Draft Special with the NFL Draft tomorrow night. It started about uh, hour and 45 minutes ago, 24 hours from now. Cannot wait to the first selections made in Kansas City. It's kind of cool. Super Bowl champions. This is the uh, football capital of the world right here in Kansas City. All right, Chris, we've already gone through uh, all the way through our fifth round selections. Now, the Chiefs have two um, six-round selections, pick number 178 and pick number 217. Then two seventh rounders to round out about it would say, okay, this is where teams get a little kind of on house money at this point. But for the Chiefs last couple of years, these have made a difference. Sixth and seventh round picks are more than just dartboard throws for this team. They're guys that contribute and help to this team. You know, don't forget, it was Trey Smith in the sixth round. It's a starter and one of the best offensive guards in the National Football League. We know how good Jalen Watson and Isaiah Pacheco are for seventh round picks. So these picks do matter for the Kansas City Chiefs. Some teams, eh, whatever, we'll just throw a dart. But you know what? The Chiefs' uh, mode of operation is let's get guys that can contribute on the cheap. Yeah, I think for them it's it's more so looking at who has incredible talent that maybe we can coach up into a, a great player for our team. I, I think in the case of like Trey Smith, it was like this guy was really good at Tennessee. It's just medical concerns for him. That's why he fell to the sixth round. But, like, usually it's, like, guys like Josh Kando, who was a five-star talent at Florida State, just had injury issues. And he, he obviously hasn't quite panned out here. redshirted. Yeah. It was supposed to be one year. Constantly hurt. But he was a guy that was really talented coming out of high school. And, and so, like, that's the route that the, the Chiefs go usually on third days. They take great talent, but it needs to be refined, or there's some other issue there that prevented them from being taken on the first two days. So, in round six, which direction you go? 
So with uh, the the first six round pick at uh, 178, I went Jalen Moreno Cropper, who is a wide receiver out of Fresno State. This is a 4-4-40 time guy. Uh, he projects as a slot receiver contributor. Could be immediately impactful in special teams if they really want to go that route with him. And the the thing I like about him though is that. If you're able to turn him into a contributor as a slot receiver, uh, he's got incredible value because of his athleticism. So, again, this is a, a – I, I said I'm a big upside guy, and I think third day you go all upside. You take guys who are incredible athletes that just need some coaching and refining, and you hope you can turn them into really good players, and that's why I, I like him here. Guys that teams around the league may not be looking at, okay, who, who they come visit. The Chiefs use a lot of their top 30 visits. I'm not saying he did because he didn't, but – Guys that take top 30 visits, or they might have talked to him at some point. Who knows? But the Chiefs like to use those on picks like this just to get more information about the player. Yeah, and so with the other uh, six-round pick at 217, I went fullback Hunter Lupke out of uh, out of North Dakota State. Uh, I mean, we, <laughs> we both love this guy. Um, fullback is a posi- position the Chiefs have had on their roster the entire time that Andy Reid has been here in Kansas City. So there's going to be value there for him, and he can do everything. He can catch passes. He can block. He can run. Um, This is a guy that I I just envision Andy having all these great things that he could do with him in short yardage, goal line situations. The Chiefs were terrible on, uh, on third and one and fourth and one. And this is a guy I think is kind of a Swiss Army knife that gives you a ton of options there. And they do use the fullback 40%. On, on, on relatively few carries last year, 40% uh, first down rate for Michael Burton, but he was 8 for 8, 100% two years ago. Sixth round, again, this is funny because I think I went Zach Koontz maybe a round before you did. Yeah, you went third round, yeah. But I got Viliami Fahoko in the uh, – it was able to get him round, yeah. in the sixth round pick 178, so that's the direction I went. Edge, so that is back-to-back-to-back to back to back defensive picks for me. I went heavy on offense – in the beginning, round six, pick 217, I go for a guy that catches everything, great adjustments in the air. Um, like to have seen this guy uh, play, well, many high school games. He's been in studio with us, as a matter of fact, too. Ronnie Bell, Smoney Trophy winner, is the best player in the Kansas City area that went to the University of Michigan, throwing a dart at wide receiver in round six. So that's Ronnie Bell, Park Hill High School, staying here in Kansas City. All right, round seven. So uh, round seven, pick 249, I went uh, Grant DeBose, wide receiver out of Charlotte. He's more of a possession-style receiver. He's about 6'1", um, 200 pounds. Um, really more of the Byron Pringle type. And typically, like, early on, I think if you're projecting possession-style receivers to the Chiefs in the draft, you, you're, you're picking wrong. But I think on the third day, the Chiefs, that's where they are interested in going that route. Um, think of guys like Junior Hemingway, Jehu Chesson, Cornell Powell, guys like that who are not really the physical specimens, but more of the safe uh, uh, possession style guys. You you obviously picked Ronnie Bell from Michigan. So this is a good time, I think, to go get that style of the receiver. The prospect I physically talked to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think that that's where we start getting those type of guys late on the, on the third day, and I think DeBose is that guy. All right, still a dart at the seventh round, although – as I said, it's not really throwing a dart when you're, when you're picking for the Chiefs. Think, all right, 
they're going to maybe use these guys at some point. Yeah, I mean, you hope that's the case. I certainly don't think we should just, like, expect them to be able to find seventh-round picks and, and turn them into starters. But it, it certainly was nice to, for them to be able to get two starters out of, out of the seventh round last year. Uh, and then for my other seventh-round pick at 250 right after that is, uh, is Jacob Slade, uh, a defensive interior from Michigan State. Uh, I went this route because almost I almost went Slade. Oh, I, 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 yeah, and I, there was it uh, Matlock or whatever it was. I, 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 I thought about taking him at two forty nine, um, but the thing about Slade is he projects as a, as a as a zero tech, a double team guy, and I, I think the Chiefs probably need to get someone that like that on their defensive line because really it's just Chris Jones right now, and uh, they really liked Jaron Reed a couple years ago because they thought he was going to be that that guy who could play a zero or, zero or one tech, and then they could move Chris Jones to the outside to play edge at times, and it didn't quite work out that way. He didn't quite pan out in that position. I think you want to start trying to find a guy that can play that role so it gives you a little bit more versatility. Obviously, it's a little bit tougher to find that when you're looking for it in the seventh round. And I, I've said this on Monday is like Javon Dexter senior is a guy that could very well be that guy. If they, if the chiefs want to go that route in the second round, maybe have to trade up to go get him. But here, uh, since we weren't doing any, any trades, I went with Jacob Slade. Seventh round. I, I like Slade a lot. Seventh round, round seven, pick two forty nine. Once to go, go defense, Scott Matlock, defensive lineman from Boise state. Well, a good six-round, seventh-round type pick, three-year starter, team captain at uh, Boise State. Um, I like this guy. He plays behind the line of scrimmage a lot. Good run stuffers. But he actually blocked a couple kicks on special teams as well. Well, the Chiefs don't have to, to wait very far in the seventh round because they get 249 and pick 250. I go Trevor Reed. He's an offensive lineman out of Louisville. The Chiefs have talked to him before. They talked to him at the East-West Shrine game, so they have talked to him. Didn't go to the combine, but you're talking about a guy, 38-inch vertical leap, very athletic offensive lineman. And again, the theme here is what Spags does on defense, taking guys that can play on the outside and inside, like a Minahu that they brought in that had a lot of snaps on the inside and outside last year. We know Chris Jones could do it, so if you move somebody inside, you move the other guy outside and it makes this defense ver- uh, versatile. Same thing with the offensive line, guys that can play all up and down the offensive line. That's the key to them is versatility. Yeah, they like those guys who can move around. It just gives them so many options. And that's one of the reasons why the Chiefs really love Carl Loftus because they did move him to the inside at times. He played three tech. There were times where he played a zero tech, which is uh, very uncommon for someone his size. He's only like 266. So uh, that was that was really weird, but... They love moving guys around, and and we saw it at the end of the AFC Championship game. Chris Jones, who generally plays one, moved out to the edge spot and got a sack that sealed the game. But that it didn't seal the game for the Chiefs, but it put them into position to seal it. The the Sky Moore punt return and then the subsequent penalty uh, against Joseph Osai on on Patrick Mahomes those sealed the game for the Chiefs. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options here for the chiefs and they really love guys who can move around and play different roles. And I think that's really kind of what you need to prioritize. If you are mocking players to the chiefs is where can they play and how many different spots can they play? And I think that's where me, you and Nick really kind of prioritize with our drafts is that we went with uh, versatility 
And I think that's the reason why I think we're going to end up being pretty accurate at the end. Well, and Sam McDowell, as he put on Twitter, uh, Spags with, with the Minahue, talking about moving guys around. This is why they wanted to bring him to Kansas City. Lined up 364 snaps outside, 144 over tackle, and 138 is defensive tackle. Again, move guys all around. Find that weakness in the offensive line. And show us the versatility. Yeah, that's a lot of snaps to be playing on the on uh, you know playing at the three tech. Though. That's but really interesting. You can see why the Chiefs wanted. I mean, you can see 100 percent why the Chiefs wanted to go that direction. Well, we have the NFL draft finally, 2023 starting tomorrow in Kansas City at seven o'clock. Man, we are. It's it's flown by so quickly. Really? It has flown by so quickly. No, it has fun. We, we've had fun with the Character Concerns uh, podcast for the draft this year. Of course, we're, we're covering the draft the next couple of days, but we will keep Character Concerns probably throughout the year. So we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back. 24 hours from now, we'll be in the heart of the draft, and we will be very close to seeing who the Chiefs welcome in to their, uh, their 2023 Can't class. wait. The place is going to go nuts. We'll cover all the picks the Chiefs get, tell you all about them right here on 610 Sports Radio. Good night. Sleep tight. Draft Eve, everybody. You're listening to a 610 Sports Radio NFL Draft Special with Nick Bank and Chris. Check out the Character Concerns podcast leading up to the NFL Draft at Union Station. Available at 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.